Welcome to the Plexus Education Leadership Podcast Series. Today we have our guest, Superintendent Katie Hatley of Graduate Arkansas, located in Little Rock, Arkansas. Katie has been a part of Graduate Arkansas since its founding in 2011. She was chosen as the superintendent in 2019. A visionary and an incredible student advocate, Katie has created a school to serve students and put her ideas for student educational success into action. Graduate Arkansas recently received an $800,000 grant to host an on-site daycare that will ensure that all Graduate Arkansas students have access to quality childcare and quality education. Welcome everyone to the Plexus Education Leadership Podcast. I'm David Linevers, Vice President of the Plexus Foundation. I'm very excited today to have our special guest from Graduate Arkansas, Ms. Katie Hatley, the Superintendent of Graduate Arkansas. And you guys are in Little Rock, correct? We are located in Southwest Little Rock. I guess I should say y'all, not you guys. Yeah, <laughs> either, either goes. <laughs> so are you from originally from Arkansas? Is that born, raised? I was born, raised in Southern Arkansas, um, actually born, raised on a farm, um, come from a family of 12 kids. I was number 10. Um, nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I literally work for everything that I've got because that that's how we were raised. And were your family farmers, too? What did they what did yeah, they My farm? dad was a farmer. Uh, my mm-hmm. mom was a domesticated worker, but my dad okay. also um, it was time for him to get drafted and he couldn't go because two of his brothers got drafted. But he wanted to raise his kids. So he took a job as a school bus mechanic and a school bus driver for Gurdy Public Schools. Oh, that's very cool. And so that way he was right there. He, you know, he we were taught at home and they reinforced the teaching at school. And he was zero tolerance. We had no discipline concerns. Um, he didn't graduate high school. He finished the eighth grade, but my mom got her GED, received her GED, which was later in life. Right. But we, um, he knew very early that, you know, he saw that we were, um, talented. And so, um, both academically and athletically. So in order for us to participate in athletics, we couldn't make any B. He would give us maybe one B, but that was a wrap. So you got A's or you did nothing. All right. <laughs> you came and worked on the farm. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of focus and discipline does help, doesn't it? Right, right. I mean, yeah. and to have that kind of parent support to be able to make that happen is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were just raised on strict biblical standards. You know, yeah. I can still hear him say, if you don't work, you don't eat. So just things like that, that's in the Bible. You know, it's true. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. There's a lot of just basic sense in the Bible. Right. And that's how we were raised. And yeah. And after high school, I graduated from Gurdon High School. I attended Henderson State University. Oh, nice. Philadelphia. Um, okay. And I was a student athlete. I, I, I was on an athletic scholarship for women's basketball. Okay. So um, after graduating from there, I received my first teaching job in the Mississippi Delta um, in Mariana, Arkansas. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, total culture shock for my little girl coming from small town Gurdon. I mm. um, was very homesick, but one of the best jobs that opened my eyes to the differences on depending on what side of town you're on. Okay. So, um, I taught eighth grade um, language arts and that one job let me know that middle school probably was not going to be for me. <laughs> you're like, Very uh-uh. early. 
But then I ended up taking another job in North Little Rock School District. And I worked at a seventh and eighth grade school where I taught health and was a coach. Um, And during that time there, I was pretty blessed to um, meet, um, go visit my sister who was in the military and um, ended up meeting my husband. You know, he was stationed with her. And so it just kind of took off from there. I, I, I had to resign my job because he came on orders and for Schofield Barracks, Hawaii. Okay. So, you know, packed up. They packed You're like, I'm going to Hawaii. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we had to cancel our wedding and just have a little small intimate wedding. Oh, wow. And, um, and so I went to Hawaii, was still fortunate enough to teach there. Learned a lot about the culture. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just different cultures, all the diversity there. Truly mm-hmm. love the experience, especially the food. Um, and after then, I went on to, we, we got orders for Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And so we talked and I contacted the Jacksonville Department of Ed. And they that's a huge retirement town. So they said that, you know, teacher vacancies are null and void, and I would probably have to travel. So he put his name back in to get another order, and it was for Fort Drum, New York. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to Arkansas, you know, because <laughs> by that time we had a child. I ended up having one son in, in, uh, while we were in Hawaii. Right. Um, and he said, well, I'm going to try one more time. And thank God he ended up getting a position at Jacksonville State University as a military science instructor. So we bought a house in Oxford and I was able to teach at Anniston City Schools, okay. another inner city school. That's just been my my purpose, I think, my whole life um, and probably the best teaching job I've ever had my whole life would have to be. And I, we were there for eight years. I was there for eight years. And that's not too far from where you are, right? Half an hour, maybe? And this is in Alabama. Oh, Alabama. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville oh. State. Yeah, in Alabama. OK, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, the district yeah. that split recently and that right. changed, right? Mm-hmm. With Jeremy right. Owa and them, the great people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we were in Alabama, but, you know, unfortunately, we divorced and I and mm. my son and I moved back to Arkansas. I've been gone 16 years um, and was able to secure an assistant principal's job in Warren, mm. Arkansas. Okay. And so I uh, was there uh, for seven years. I had a lot of job openings, but my son was like, I don't want to change another school. Just let me stay here, you know, till I graduate. And then when I graduate, you can move. And I did that. Um, and he ended up earning a D1 football scholarship to University of Louisiana Monroe. And, oh, nice. And I ended up getting a. He principal. followed in your footsteps, athletic scholarship, which is but awesome. he's smart, too. So he didn't even need, you know. <laughs> Because um, we raised him almost the same way, pretty strict, very yeah. strict values. And um, and anyway, so in 2011, he graduated and the management company from San Diego, California, um, they had opened up a charter school on the Little Rock Job Course Center. So I was oh, okay. reading down through that. And I was like, this is cool. And, you know, I heard all these bad things about working for charter schools and everybody's like, you better not go that route. You don't think that's for you. And as well, I do with everything. I just prayed about it and interviewed and they hired me. And after two years of being on the center, it got out about the school. And they were like, you you need to be a community school because you can serve the job course center and you can serve the community. Mm. And so that's when I petitioned the um, management company 
to see if we can become a community school. So we we moved less than half a mile from the job course center. Okay. So we will be in close proximity so they can still, you know, utilize our accredited diploma. Um, but we just kind of just blew up in a community where these students who were expelled, pending expulsion, mm. formerly incarcerated, um, just had all these things going. Those are my kids. Yeah. So yeah. they came here and, um, you know, earned a diploma. So after work, after doing that for about, well, I did that on 2013. So I want to say in 2016, we had a lot of students who were not meeting their community service hours. So you so, started the school, if I, if I can ask, you don't mind. Uh, so you started the school. I mean, that must have been just amazing to be able to have the opportunity to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, the platform was there, but it wasn't the platform that worked best for kids. Right, right. So that's why I just kept making changes every year, petitioning. And then we went to a four-day week in 2016 because okay. I needed that Friday yeah. for my students to do community service. Gotcha. So okay. If we supervise it, they got a, a one credit, one okay. elected credit. Okay. So okay. I get it. For students, for the community, you know, for the families. Yeah. Um, and so that's when we went to four day. And after that, I'm just constantly changing because you just can't, you know, you have to change as your population change. Mm-hmm. And that's when in 2018, I told the board, I said, you know, they're not going in the direction I would like to go. Um, they would like for me to step down. But if you guys want me to stay, I'll stay and we'll just take, you know, we don't need a management company out of California managing an Arkansas school. That was right. just my mindset. <laughs> and the board agreed. And that's how we became graduate Arkansas. Okay. So you guys broke away from that and kept right. your own because right. obviously accreditation, everything was yours for the state. Right. Right. <laughs> Did You're all the cool. work. Did, I mean, right. <laughs> you said petitions. I was just imagining yeah. you late night writing up a petition, right? Because that's what you yeah. do. Yeah, it's never and during it's called the day. amendment request. So I'm like, I'm, I wrote up this amendment, amendment request. Mm. Um, they was not in favor of the four day week. I'm not sure why, but it worked best for my population. So yeah. So that's really interesting. So you broke away, mm-hmm. started the graduate Arkansas. Mm-hmm. The state agrees with the four day work week in the community service, and I. You know, you mentioned the model and I just start getting more curious, which which I love. I'm like, okay, she's talking about this four-day model in the community service. So that is part and of digital curriculum. That's and digital key. curriculum. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have the four-day work week, you have the community service Friday. Mm-hmm. And how many that's integrated into the curriculum, right? That's all mm-hmm. part of what they get. Yes. And what do they we don't do? utilize that credit now? And I don't even know if it's still a class, mm-hmm. but we did all the way up until 2019. Okay. So it may still be an elected, but we we use ingenuity now for our, our platform for curriculum delivery. And so that may not be because that was a local board decision. I got you. Mm-hmm. So it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be that way for what you do now. Right. Even though we still have students who get into trouble. Sure. But within working virtually. Um, and that's what COVID did for Arkansas is allowed us to submit a plan and prove we could still reach children and teach them in a virtual platform. Okay. So everything's virtual. Well, no, we have three is hybrid. You can come if you oh. live close enough. Okay. Okay. You can stay in person. If you don't, not in close proximity to drive and, um, or it's fully on, you're fully on campus. And we have students who are on campus every day. That's awesome. And we just, I just received a message from one of my teachers saying, 
uh, when will the daycare center be open? Because I was provided, mm-hmm. I was um, given a grant for the daycare center for supplies and opening up a daycare center on my campus because it's so needed. Uh, my students have vouchers, but there are no daycare spaces available. So I took that plight on to just f- fill the need, you know. But we have a student who needs to come in for some help. She has two kids, but she doesn't have any child care. Yeah, if you have kids, you, someone's got to help you watch them if you're going to study. Yeah. <laughs> Having kids on your lap studying, it's impossible. Just and my work. students are ages 15 to 21. So yeah, some of my students have three kids, David. It's just. Right. Yeah. They have kids. They need to be taken care of. They're trying to move ahead, right? right. I mean, they're obviously desiring this kind of change in their mm-hmm. life, which is huge. And to be able to provide that kind of daycare with the grant, that's awesome. Yeah. Is, is the grant through a state or federal agency? How did you guys um, get that? Through DHS. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, they do some incredible work there. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Yeah. And anyone in the state can join it if they want to? Any from all over the state. We're open enrollment, public charter high school. Open enrollment, public. I like that. Open enrollment, public charter uh, high school. Free charter high school. <laughs> We provide a Chromebook and a hotspot if you need it. We ship it straight to your front door. I mean, that's just tremendous amount of resources to be able to provide people. I mean, as you and I were chatting beforehand, I, I just love that you're, you know, because it's close to my heart and my mission in life to be connected to the community and what the needs are. Mm-hmm. You know, and you saw the needs. You're like, we need this. Yeah. The grant with the daycare. You see it. Mm-hmm. You're like, let's do something about it. And that sounds like you too. Like yeah. you, you do stuff about it. You see it. You're like, we're going to do something about it. Yeah. I just try to knock down barriers. You know, a lot of people make excuses. Yeah, I true. can make excuses growing up. My dad would say that's a dressed up lie. <laughs> so I, I was like, we can take care. Let's file for this grant. You know, my big vision is to have a really nice campus where I can also have a um, urgent care clinic or something on yeah. campus, you know, because people are dying at high rates right now because Lack of access mm-hmm. to health care. You know, one of the superintendents I talked to, I think he, uh, Jared Cleveland up in Fayetteville or Fayette, yeah, up near Walmart up in the northwest corner, okay. that he started in his town uh, clinics in the schools. They didn't have any doctors oh, anywhere. Good. You had to drive an hour, but the doctors in the town away didn't want to do it because they were afraid it would poach people. And they're like, wait, these kids don't have healthcare. We're, we don't have any money. So to open this medical clinic in the school, like you're talking about, gives direct access and it changes the community. And I was like, yeah. and he and fought hard for it. Especially mm-hmm. so even in smaller towns, should have did that a long time ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you're going to do that. That's exciting. That would be really I, That's on my bucket list to do. <laughs> I like the vision because yeah. you paint the vision and then you go for it and get mm-hmm. it done. You know, when, when you mention the students, so how do they, you mentioned they, you, the type of students you have, right. You know, it could be anything under the sun. How do they find out about you? How do you tell people and how do they know? So many ways. Um, the, uh, one thing that I've learned the best, if you wanted to get out word of mouth, impact the child. Mm-hmm. And then, then they'll tell the parents and the parents contact us. We've been on Zooms. We've been in-person visits. Um, we're always putting out something. We tell them to go to the website or send the inquiry. 
Um, we work with probation officers all over the state. Okay. So um, we work with the, the military people of us because, you know, we have a mastery diploma and it's a tier one diploma. So they know that students have really earned that diploma. Um, you know, for yourself, David, if somebody's doing something well, you have all these naysayers. That's oh, it's just great. a diploma meal. Oh, it's just this. Well, come see. And come see the process. It's hard. I mean, students sometimes try to quit on us, but we just don't allow them to quit. And but, that's huge. Yeah. You I can't mean, quit. You already quit before. Let's do something else. <laughs> and so do you, when, when they say they want to quit, you know, because mm-hmm. I always think about like retention, right? That's the fan, not the fancy word, but universities, we always talk about retention, retention mm-hmm. and some of the other conversations. And so when, wh- how do you engage them or what do you do to make sure they don't quit? So I don't want to give away my golden process. Of course. But of course. When we meet with students <laughs> or potential students. We always, a lot of times they don't have, you know, any parents or guardians, or we yeah. always ask for a supportive adult. I mean, we've had youth pastors. We've had all kinds mm-hmm. of people at these mm-hmm. meetings Uh, with this child and they may be 17 or 18, but I still need to know someone loves you enough to hold you accountable for your education. We want you to get buy-in. So what we do is that initial meeting is so powerful. We let them vent. They talk about all the failures they had and it's usually so-and-so disrespected me. Uh, And it's all ethnicities. It's not just, you know, African-American. A lot of people think, you know, that's just a black kid saying that. No, it's Caucasian kids. It's Mm -hmm. Hispanic kids. You're right. Once a child feels disrespected, they'll they'll give up. That's true. And so we do a lot of, we don't just do professional development. We do personal development because a broken teacher cannot help this broken child. You know, districts like to count how many ACEs they have. Well, why don't you do that to some of your teachers? I'm, I'm sure they got, they have at least five. And what are you doing to correct that and build mm-hmm. their capacity? So we just have a unique way of kind of breaking down those barriers. Yeah. Um, you know, we set goals with them. We don't ask what you want to do. We'll say, you know, you're here. What's the first thing you would like to accomplish? And they're going to say graduate. And we'll say, well, before the diploma, we need <laughs> you to do something else. That's and you know, and once we break it down and that plan is in writing, we provide them with a copy. A copy goes into their student action plan. And they we just always tell them. And we don't use the word teachers here. We use advisors because we want these kids to think big long term. You know, it's not just my, it's your advisor. Right. Um, and so, you know, we just... And it's so crazy when people say, how do you keep them from giving up? Well, they make they make some strides and they won't quit. Um, And and it's so funny because every kid has to take the digital safety course, but it's called something else now. And once they take it and we put their name out, you just earned a half a credit. And they're like, that's a credit. (laughs) You know, it's just real. It's just I don't know. You just have to see it. and when we have the older kid, when kids are here and they see their names outside the door on who earned a credit or who completed a subject. And, you know, you see these 21 year old boys that don't want to look, but they're like, you know, and then here. I like kids. seeing it. Of course. Yeah. Here yes. comes their loud leader going, boy, I see you. I yeah. see you. You know, and they're like, you're embarrassing me. But they love that. Yeah. They love that energy. And they always say they've never said never had it before. So. You know, as far as them quitting on themselves, and once we see oh, if they're yeah. not in it as gauged as much, we need to have a conversation. 
And I'm kind of like the old grandmother who did what to you? What did they say? (laughs) How? You know, so. And it's mindset. We just got to change mindsets. I I love that. What you're talking about, changing the mindset, celebrating the achievements all along the way. And And, uh, providing a voice, letting them have a voice. Yes. yes. Voice matters to these students, you know. I mean, what? You've probably heard of Hattie Scale and all the research out there, the stuff. And I mean, all the research says, period. And obviously, anecdotally, you can pick it up. But it's always great to see the research back it up because then people listen to that, too. Right. That's right. And I know that I don't. You know, it's always a mixed blessing when you look at research and what people say and don't say. But the the individual self-efficacy and believing themselves is like number one reason for success, including teachers, right? Teachers believe in themselves. Kids believe in themselves. We have success. But like you mentioned, it's getting them to see that. And teachers, I don't know how many teachers actually do a daily reflection. Ours have to. They have mm. a reflection log. Because, you know, yeah. I want them to say, well, today I did this, but I think I should have did this. So I'm going to try this. Something just that simple to build capacity. I like you that. Know, we don't have we have not had discipline referrals <clears throat> on our campus in five years. We have no discipline referrals. No kids are written up. There are steps to take um, to resolve conflict. Yeah, that's big because you're right. Yeah. Then it takes me as a teacher. I have to be responsible for what happens. And I have to be responsible for making sure that people understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. It becomes bigger than population. Me. That's right, David. And mm-hmm. when you pull up on my campus, the first thing you're going to see is a police officer at the front door. On Tuesdays, we have a state police here. Mm. And you're going to have to clear metal detector check. You don't need those bags in here. We don't need purses. I've, I'm, I've, I've bought all the pencils and pens you need. I just need your brain. If you're hungry, let me know. Uh, We serve breakfast, lunch, and snack. And and you see in schools where they put out this schedule, um, breakfast is from 8 to 8.15. We serve breakfast from 8 until, I want to say 11.45, because until we serve lunch. Because we have students coming from Jacksonville everywhere on these metro buses. I mean, I don't do well when I'm hungry. I'm a big girl. (laughs) I just don't do well. I mean, I'm very anal. I'm not going to lie. So why do we as adults, because they caught a late bus, not feed them when they get here? Also, I mean, as adults, we have access to food all day long, every day. Snack all day in front of kids. Why do we prevent our kids from not doing the same thing? Well, it's disruptive. I don't know about that. But you're right. You raise a really, really good point is Mm -hmm. Having that availability of food reduces the stress and anxiety of whether I'm hungry or not. And I can eat. Right. And I like what you, you really said is just, hey, you when you show up, you don't need anything else. Just come right. to school. We mm-hmm. got the rest. Right. We got That's it. So I don't have my school shirts. You know, just get me some khaki pants. Yeah. If you can't get any, I'll get them for you. I mean, do you? Do you talk about this to, uh, around the nation and in other ways too? You're my first interviewer. How about that? I, I mean, I, as yeah. we were talking, you know, I love this. This is like personally, you have to see my it. values and what I do. And I only get involved with organizations that do this, right? That's what I love is working with organizations that actually engage people who need it and need right. the help and want the help. And because it changes me too, right? Mm-hmm. 
Every time I work with anybody, I change as a person. I learn something new. And that's not self-motivated that way. But you realize like, wow, I'm really different than I was a year ago because of this. And, you know, I like the mm. need. When the need arises because I've not thought about it, um, last, last semester, a student contacted an advisor and said, my baby's down and she has two diapers left. Mm. And she lived in North Little Rock. And she said, well, let me call our superintendent and see what she can do. I posted on my personal Facebook page. Hey, I need some diapers. I need some pampers. Who can help me? Yeah. And now we got a diaper closet. I mean, we have wipes. You would not believe every size. I, just for me putting that out there. They know my mission. They know what I do. And they know what I do for kids. So, um, I mean, I have I have so many contacts and not necessarily partnerships. Sure. People I can pick up the phone and say, hey, this kid's homeless. I need him to sleep here for about three nights. We're working on something else. You know, no. Can you help? Like put some action down. Not in a year when our partnerships finalized, we'll put this in place. I mean, I love that about what you're doing is I love that it's graduate Arkansas because you want them to graduate and have that next step. Mm -hmm. So someone goes through, right? Mm -hmm. You're working with them providing services. I mean, I hate to say providing services. You're providing what they need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You're, mm-hmm. you're meeting needs right. all the way through right? on so many different levels. And then they go to graduate. What happens after they graduate? How do you stay in touch with them? And what do you do next? Because obviously you want to s- support your alumni on the next phases, right? So, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure all the superintendents you spoke to, they're all going to college. I push trade schools. We push... Um, they can be working on a trade while they're with us. Um, and once they get certified, you know, if they're, I think they would have to be 19, 18 to 19 or 20, they go to work. And so I'm like, well, just don't work. They don't just want you to work that. I need you to go ahead. You want to be a CNA or you wanted to drive cross country. So we don't need to lose sight. I know you're making this money here, but I need you to. So we start that's having smart. conversations right when they're nearing the end of the 11th grade. But no, even though they can enroll in a trade in 10th or 11th grade. You know, but uh, so smart. You're doing exactly what you did while they're there, meeting the need and giving them vision for the future continually. Yes. We so want taxpayers, not tax takers. <laughs> they hear me saying that all the time. I need a taxpayer. I need a taxpayer. So, you know, we don't push. We do have kids who are in mm-hmm. college and doing well. We yeah. have a large majority of children in the military. And, all the awesome. services. and one of our very own police officers who works on Monday, he was a dropout. He came here and I said, well, you, you're a good looking kid. What are you going to do? What you want to do? He's had a rough life. Sure. sure. And um, he said, I, I want to join the military, but I really want to be a police officer. And I said, well, yeah, let's, let's, let's get you to a recruit, which recruiter. <clears throat> so we just pick up the phone. We have a recruiter contacts with all um, of the branches and he wanted army. So the army recruiter came out and said, you know, this is the test you're going to have to take ASVAB. And I said, don't worry, we got the study thing on our computer. Here's a book, you know, mm-hmm. practice test. All of our kids blow that out the water. And he did and, and joined the military. He missed his graduation, went to basic training and stayed and did, did, did AIT. And I want to say he did three years and got out and came back to Little Rock and applied for the police academy and was accepted. So we, um, I'm sorry. It's fine. That's okay. If you need to grab that, we can stop recording and then pick back. Actually, in okay. 
It's all okay. right. No problem. No, I don't. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, I mean, we have <laughs> students driving trucks. We had a brother and a sister come on campus every day. And so one of the t- one of the advisors said, we need, you need to go meet the superintendent. And so they brought him in there. And um, she said, tell them why you're here and where you work in the evening. Yeah. And so they said, we need to go ahead and graduate. Uh, she said, I would have loved the traditional school way, but my mom was in a car crash and one of her legs had to be amputated. So we take care of her. And during wow. the day, um, home health came in and they would be at school. They would be, come up here half a day, then they would go to work the other half. Every day, they did not miss a day until they completed their requirements. I mean, just broke my heart. I'm just like, you need anything from us? What do you need from us? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the stories are inspiring. They are. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. You, you realize what people, you're talking about it, the circumstances your students have come out of, that. not only come out of what they're dealing with every day. Right now. Let's just say forget come out of. They're in it, right? Right. They're in I it. have a washer and dryer because yeah. a student would come to school, but he would come and we we would take him to the back because always done everything's done in private nobody ever knows and you know he would clean up and I was just like I gotta get some way to wash his clothes so um, and he was living with the uncle or somebody who was disabled mm-hmm. but they would bring him to school every day and I ended up getting a washer and dryer given to me donated to me and so I told the staff I said I'll wash the clothes don't and so he would bring his bag of clothes it was two or three of them. And I mean, I would just go throw a load of clothes in the washing, go on and do my work about my day and go dry, you know. And at the end of the day, they would pick up their bags. And I got, um, I ordered some colored um, laundry bags so nobody can see through and see what's in it. Right, right. And it didn't really look like a laundry bag because I'm just always about protecting their privacy. I don't want any kid to be embarrassed or feel humiliated or anything. I just look at every kid like that's my child. I take it that personal. That's my son, (laughs) you know. Well, that you mentioned that key thing that that sense of self and respect for ourself and you know confidence that okay we have a need but it doesn't need to be shown to the world that we like you mentioned you can have your privacy you can have your dignity and you can you can make a difference okay you got to get your laundry done everyone does laundry yeah you smell good so here's some clean clothes you know. I just, I have never been the person to do things and then put it on show. I just think you block your blessing like that. Yeah, I agree. You know, but I I mean, if kids need shoes or I need anything, I'm going to pick up the phone and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I need. (laughs) You know, I mean, even what you told me about getting this organization started, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, you you were tied in with the San Diego folks and you're like, hey, we can do this ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the midst of you and your team and the spirit that you have to drive this forward. It's just fantastic. And yeah. it's, it's so incredible to see, because I think the stories that you're talking about need to be told all the time. And I think there's yourself and others, like I mentioned, those other nonprofits mm-hmm. that are here, that their mission is to make a difference and they're doing it, parent yeah. advocacy and engagement all along that is in addition to school, not just school. Yeah, we live the mission and walk the mission every day. Yeah, connect the disconnected. Uh, I love that. That's yeah, we, awesome. We drive those values, respect, respect, trust, commitment. I mean, you we drive those values. That is us. That's fantastic. And you're, so you mentioned your, your curriculum and your teachers. Do you guys develop that yourself? 
No, it's purchased from Ingenuity. It's called oh, Magic Learning Now. Okay. Uh, we love that because once the kids take the already assessment or base our baseline assessment, it kind of gives us a you just been showing out because you want to, because you just scored 12th grade on this math. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, 12.2. And so they're in there when they get in their classes, they take, we don't let them know it's a prescriptive, but the first thing they do is take that prescriptive. And some gotcha. of those kids knock that out. And we'll say, well, you just earned that credit. And they're like, what? I made 88. Well, yeah, you got that credit. It's passing. So half the time they don't even know what they're capable of. Right. But they, they when they do it, they're like, I can do this. Just no mm-hmm. one's watching. Right. Oh. And all of our students get an individualized learning plan. And on that okay. learning plan, it shows the credits that they have already earned and it shows what they're needed. And most of our kids have so many gaps in their educational um, learning. It's just unbelievable. They have le- at least been to four different high schools. And what's so upsetting to me is when counselors don't take the time to gather all their credits together and they just keep putting them in what they should be in because of their age or because, you know, we have kids with. Yeah. Well, electives. You didn't have to do that to that child. We only can take six or five. You did not. <laughs> so that's <laughs> me. I mean, I'm just like, oh, this is embarrassing. So, well, you me. know, I mean, you know, at the university level too, when you look at transfer credits from mm-hmm. community college or someone's going to Pulaski and then, you know, UNLR, if you don't put them on the right track, they waste their time and money. And whether it's high school or college, it should be the same way. Right. Take classes they don't need. So if it's a repeat, it's an official repeat that's needed, not something right. that's just to, well, you just need it to graduate. I, I agree with you completely. And I think that kind of stuff is so important. In fact, you have that learning plan. It, now, in that learning plan, mm-hmm. what, how does the student engage with you too? What do they do? So they, they, there's, that is completed during the meeting. So that's already completed. Um, and they're, they've, they're provided a copy so they can see a, that's a visual. And they can look at that. And, and we had, we've had students come in only needing a half a credit, David. But they didn't know. Oh, wow. That's it? To graduate? Just half? And it's usually senior English. Wow. And so once we enrolled them and they passed that prescriptive, we're like, you're done. We have one large graduation in May. Um, This past May, we had 128 um, students to graduate. That's awesome. They're just like, what what are you saying? You know? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that individualized learning plan, they get their copy. You know, they're able to keep it. I've seen boys and girls fold it up and put it in their wallet or their purse. And once they complete it, even though we updated on our drive, the teacher will write in and initially done, you know. So these okay. kids need cheerleaders. Yeah. They need cheerleaders. So. <clears throat> That's very, very true. Mm-hmm. The The support programs, uh, there's something called MEP, which is um, in California, which is a full support program for kids going through college. Mm-hmm. And awesome. they graduated 88%, 80, 90% graduation rate. Because of that support. And it, the, reg, the, the regular students. And I look, I'm like, shouldn't all students have this support, period, right? Because yeah. if your graduation rate is 60%, but you have this cohort that's funded differently, it's 90 why would you just put all of your money into making sure everyone has that like you're doing? Right. That true connection point, you know? Mm-hmm. 
for the, for the needs to meet the needs where they're at. I, I love this is uh, there's so much fun stuff to talk about in the stories <laughs> and what you have and it is it is and and what you do and who and, you know you as an individual it's just so fun to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's ten thirty already on my side. I'm like whoa, time yeah. flies. Um, and you know your entrepreneurial spirit, your drivenness just to move all of this forward and knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, all everything you're doing to get your organization to where it is, is part of your passion. It is. And that's huge. It is. I haven't heard you talk about one barrier to not getting it done. Yeah. You know, even though they're there. Yeah, they're there, but I don't, you can't focus on that. You can't right. focus on the support you may not be getting. Right. You can't focus on the um, advocacy you may not be receiving. You can't focus on anything because people are still on the outside, yeah. listening to people on the outside. But when you want to make informed decisions, come on the inside and that's let's right. have conversations. Um, so, the, and that's why I'm, I'm finishing up a book finally. Oh, okay. Um, and starting and getting ready to start my LLC. Which I was gonna drop the same time as the book, so I can't, I can't um, let the cat out of the bag. I would be in so much trouble. <laughs> well, we have to talk again about that. Yeah, we will, we will. So um, I'm That's just exciting. excited for that because students, you know, everybody, the state of Arkansas thinks, well, let's put them in an ALE. Let's start it. That's why ALE has such a negative description around it because everybody's like, oh, that child bad. Our students are enrolled in ALE classes and they don't even know. It's because the programming they came from, we kept them on the same programming and we stepped up the support. But all students get stepped up support when we see a need. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just think people need to know about it, need access, um, you know, because we're trying to prepare our kids for real life challenges. And even with the trade and military and other things, uh, we also get finding meaningful jobs. We've had job fairs on our campus. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, schools can do that. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, yes, of mm-hmm. course. You're showing them what they can do. Right. You know, I just in, don't in many ways. it outside, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of magic going on in here and we're being blessed. When, in many ways, what you're doing in the conversations I've had with other superintendents, right, of different districts is they're doing things that you you've been doing for years, trying to get some of this stuff started or just doing it and just trying to move a particular group of students or whatever. And you realize like, wow, you know, this alternative education, right? ALE. Yeah. Is, is it really alternative or is it yeah. just part of what it should be regular for us? Like yeah. oh. just a question. Yeah. I do think about it that way. Like, <laughs> yeah, should not be. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, and we have, I don't know if you met Harvey Hughes. He's a smart data guy. His platform is his platforms are in every state. No. And what he does is he tracks um discipline, student discipline, starting, I think, at maybe the third mm-hmm. grade. And they track these students. And I love the platform, but I told him, I shared, I said, you know, we're tracking students. So we're saying if they're in trouble in the third grade. When they get to the eighth grade, we already knew they were going to be in trouble because they were in trouble in the third grade. At what point are we going to wedge some support in there so we can we can change that behavior? Right. We can do it one day. You know, we shouldn't just be tracking kids to track them for a negative, you know. And when students come here, I always say, what you did, that's behind you. 
here's a fresh start. <clears throat> that's I right. You know your discipline history. If you hit a teacher that's don't hit one here, you're gonna you're gonna be locked up. You're gonna be arrested on the spot. You know. Um, and when new teachers come and they, it will be an orientation, it's like, well, what's the what's the referral process? And will I have to break up fights? I said, we don't have a referral, any referrals. I'm the referral. <laughs> yeah, and you're the referral. Yeah. Um, and and they're just looking at me like I said, and we don't have fights here. You know, we have students who sit beside each other in class, but they get on the streets and they they want to kill the other because they're from the different sides of town. Sure. And I'm thinking, why? I know. You know, that's that's what's disheartening to me. Yeah. I just cannot um, wrap my mind around it. I mean, I love what you guys are doing there. And and I'm so glad you wanted to join and talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll definitely have to do a part two when right. <laughs> LLC comes out. But regardless of that, I, I do think there's so much more to talk about. Yeah. And and I'm really excited to be able to share what's going on with Graduate Arkansas and so glad you could join. I know time, boy, we've been talking for, I don't even know how long, long time, which I love, yeah. uh, but uh, I really appreciate it, Katie. But until we talk, I do want to leave you with this. Yes, uh, of course. For the yeah, first time, uh, we've never met our, our testing percentages because, you know, why would a 17-year-old take a ninth or 10th grade assessment that they didn't take while they were in school? Correct. So we were we were our probation uh, we were placed on probationary status for our accreditation for the first time in eleven years. So I I submitted an appeal and I said no that's this is not the kid I'm trying to keep this kid alive you know and um, so we go before the state board March the 9th, and I'll try to send you the link so you can watch it you know people everywhere be watching it so you can just kind of see because I'm gonna tell this story I've got to tell the narrative I don't think people understand what we do here. You know, that's not my that, that's not my plight. We can ask them to test. Even we can call parents. They're like, well, you know, they don't like those assessments. People used to talk about it when their scores came uh-huh. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, incre- it, it, it is divisive in many, many areas. Many, right? many, and nothing positive. Yep. So for a parent to say, yeah, the teachers used to make fun of who scored low and they still remember that. <sighs> So, yes, I know they're not going to test. So you uh, go before the state board, March 9th. Mm-hmm. Is that March State Board 9th. of Education? Mm-hmm. I mean, blessings to you on that. I'll be praying for you that way. I mean, that yeah. seriously, that's. Send me I'm the link. Fight. I'm going to see. fight for these kids. They're, they're going to have a voice. I mean, that's such an important story to mm-hmm. tell. Right. So people know what you're yeah. doing, you know, like. Right. Hey, we're out there not only educated, but we're fighting for the right to have this education. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you're doing. I'm like, yeah. you're fighting for the right to have that education. Yep, I'm an alternative. Available for those kids. Mm-hmm. And we need it. We absolutely need it. I remind people I'm not, I'm not a competition. I'm an alternative. That's the difference. I like that. Yep. I'm going to write that one down. Not a competition. An alternative. Alternative. That's big. Yeah, I'm not. I don't compete with anybody. Don't we? Don't we teach? I'm, I'm being facetious when I say this. I'm kind of sarcastic. Like, don't we as adults learn that we have options, and that's what it is? It's about understanding your options, and like you said, the alternative, not just A or B. It's like you actually have A to Z. You mm-hmm. just yeah. can only see A to B, right? Because those are the only two I'm going to show you, right? And provide. But that's why, you know, I think a lot of leaders all around the nation are working out of their outside of their purpose. Yeah. 
Yeah. So until, until people get connected with their purpose, we'll continue to hurt kids. I said it. <laughs> you I can like cut that. it out, but I said <laughs> it. <laughs> Don't talk to me unless you want honesty. I'm really honest. I like it, Katie. Yeah. What, I mean, that's part of what we love. We, right. we love the honest dialogue. We want voices to be heard. It's right. what we do here at Plexus is you know, we, we want people to be heard and understood. And then we can also take action as a foundation on things that we see right. needs for as well. Right. So thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Look, we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you for joining the Plexus High School Leadership Podcast Series. If you'd like more information on this podcast or Plexus, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.